Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. series and I like new things. Anybody like new things? How, how many in the last season of life you're like, I would love something new? Anybody? Yes. Yeah. How many are sick and tired of 2020? Like you're just like, I just, I'm done with it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. Can we just kind of kick it to the curb and move on? Yes. Come on. I thought we'd get better than that this morning. Now, so we're going to join this new series right now called The Life Edit. And how many have ever seen that Netflix show organization, The Home Edit? Okay. Uh, they go in, they like organize like Reese Witherspoon's like closet. And all. I don't watch it. Okay. I, I'm, I don't watch it. All right. I, if you look in my closet, you have like, how many guys have this? You have like a quarter of the closet is yours. And three quarters of the closet is hers, right? Anybody can relate to that? And so, my, I don't even have to worry about it because I have literally four shirts in my closet. So, I'm good. You know, she has 82 and they're color coordinated, 1600 pairs of shoes. It's good. So, you might, maybe, maybe I can ask for you to be on that show, you know, and we can get organized. But with this show, what they do is they kind of edit the way they have everything organized. In the next couple weeks, I want to talk about what it is that we need to do to get organized, to plan ahead, to go, what does our future look like? What is it that we're doing? Where are we headed? Where are we going? How do we get there? And just kind of unravel that, both as a church, but then what's the calling that God has on your life? Maybe it's changed in the last year and a half. Maybe you're trying to figure out what that purpose is. Maybe you're trying to go, how is it that I make a difference in my life right now? Maybe you're going, I've been fired, or I have a new job, and I'm not quite sure what my purpose is here. And so we're going to unpack today a little bit of the church edit, and then the next two weeks, life edit it really on your calling and where we're going with that. So with that in mind, how many of you here have ever like sailed or windsurfed or anything like out on the water? Anybody? Okay, a few of you. So if you haven't sailed before, one of the things that you have to do is you have to catch the wind just right. If you don't catch the wind, you do what I did on one of my dates with Heather at the end of the dock. I sunk her into the weeds. You can ask her about that later. Um, she, she has sailed with me since then, but we had to have a different captain for her to go with. All right? So... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, what you have to do is you have to have everything just right. You have to have your line set. You have to have your sail set out. You either have a mainsail and a jib. You have different sails. You want to catch the wind and you want to head from point A to point B. But sometimes there's no wind. Or sometimes if you don't have the rudder the right way or the dagger board going the right way, you can get off track. And all of a sudden you're looking and you don't even realize how far off track you are. You know, we used to see this in in the olden days when somebody would be out at the ocean and they would see the horizon and they think, I'm still close to shore. And they would realize that they kept drifting and they kept drifting and they kept drifting. So if we don't talk about purpose, if we don't talk about vision, we drift from it. We continue to go away from it. And so what we want to do is make sure we're all together, make sure we're on the same ship, go in the same direction to get there. Because if we don't know where we're going, we don't know how to get there, right? This is just common sense. And so how many of you would love some common sense in 2021? <laughs> 
I miss common sense, man. It's just not that common anymore. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you just a few points of us as a church. And this is where we're going together, and I need your help. We all have to do this together. In fact, my wife will no longer just sail with me, uh, unless it's a teeny little sunfish sailboat, which is literally like an eight-foot sailboat that a kid can drive, okay? She wants a team to do it. She wants to make sure there's all hands on deck, and we all get to play a part, and we all have a say in it, and we get to go, we, we go, hey, we know where we're going, but let's all figure out what our part is to get there, and we put that together. So it's kind of fun that we get to do this as a team. So I have just a few points this morning as we enter this new series. Um, before we dive in, just one more thing I want to say is this. Last Easter was phenomenal, and I just want to thank you. So many of you invited friends and family. We had our, our Good Friday service, we had our, our Easter morning services, and we had Tim and our, our team of people doing maintenance, putting things together behind the scenes. We got two more picnic tables this week that that team put together, and they have been taking care of stuff like making sure your kids are safe on the playground, and just a bunch of things that we never see. So just before we dive in, can we just honor them and just thank them for last weekend? Here we go. Number one, if we focus on what was, we're going to miss out on what could be. If we focus on what was, we'll miss what could be. Uh, how, how many, just by round of applause, because I can't see everybody, how, how many of you have kids? Just round of applause so I can hear. Okay, so like almost all of you, all right, okay, if you're single, man, uh, we'll help you out somehow later, but uh, for those of you that have kids, think about this. Now, my kids are older. I have one getting married this year, and I just, I can't even fathom that yet, and I have, my youngest is 11, so we literally have elementary age, junior high, or middle school, high school, and college. We're all across the board. Crazy time of our life, just insane. And sometimes I will go to a store, and I don't know if any dads are like this, but I will walk into a Kohl's, and, and I'm like the only dude by himself in Kohl's. But I'll walk in there, and, and I will look for whatever I need. I was looking for a pillow a couple weeks ago, and I'll walk by that section, and it's the like infant section. You know, it's got all like the onesies and the new cool stuff, and my heart sinks. Like, I just am like, no, we're, we might not ever have that again. And I sit there and I go, oh my gosh, I miss those times. Come on, come on, dads. How many miss those times when you had your little, like, two-year-old on your lap and you're holding him or her and you're watching who knows what, you know, some weird ballerina mouse show, I don't know, and then you're Angelina Ballerina from, from Satan. And, and you're, you're sitting there and you're watching whatever is on the TV. It's not even about what you're watching, is it? It's about them. You're just snuggling them. And then, and then they do this thing. Like two and under. Not over that's kind of weird. But two and under, they, they like fall asleep sometime on you and they just snuggle into you. And, and then they do this like thing with their like, their breathing where they go, <sighs> Oh man, it just melts my heart. Now I got kids that smell. I can't keep up with food in my house. I don't have enough protein options for some of them who are tall and bulky. And, and, and I'm going, man, I miss when they were just little kids and they, they thought dad was like the greatest thing ever. They, they don't think I'm the greatest thing ever anymore. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Because here's where we're at. Now we have these kids and they're like, Dad, let's go play football, you know, and, and I'll go outside. And, and I used to be like the one that could throw it the fastest. Come on, dads, you remember those days? Enjoy them if you still have them. Because they go away. Because all of a sudden you've got that football coming at your head 89 miles an hour. And you have a choice to make. How much do I love my kid, you know? 
And then you just you like hire an NFL player to come play catch with him, right? No, and you enjoy those times. Sometimes for me, though, it's really hard because I miss what was. And so a lot of times I'll think about what was. In fact, I've even had to like go down the other aisle at Kohl's just to not pass through the baby closing, clothes section because I'll think back of those times where I was holding JC or holding my kids. And there's something about a dad with his daughter. And I have four boys, one daughter. My daughter's the one getting married. Hello, pray for me. And, and so <laughs> what I have to realize, though, is look at this. Here's my daughter serving God, marrying a phenomenal guy. My kids are serving the Lord. We try to be very careful being a pastor and having kids in ministry, wanting to just do that right. And we're not going to do it right, but we're going to do as good as we can and we'll leave the rest up to God. And, and what I love is the season that we're in and I have to learn to enjoy it. One of my favorite things, so one of my sons turned 16 uh, a couple weeks ago and he's driving, he's kicking butt, and that's Levi who's... Levi, by the way, I'm just going to pick on him. I owe him five bucks. Anytime I bring up a kid's name in my sermon, I owe him five bucks. You're welcome. And uh, if you haven't met Levi, Levi, we just wave back there. So if you don't know my son Levi, Levi helps and does a ton behind the scenes with our media and Lydia and that team back there and Jake. We just thank them as well this morning. They're awesome. He's 16, gets his driver, you know, passes his driver's test, and we're we're hanging out. And and so I decide to stop at Dollar General on the way home, and I buy these punching bags. You, you know, you remember those ones with like the the punching balloons? They have like the little rubber band, and they can just smack them in people's faces over and over and over again. That was on the 25th or 26th, sometime around there in March. Okay, his birthday is the 25th. I don't remember exactly when we when we celebrated, but we still have them in our kitchen today. So like last night, we're just pounding the crap out of each other with them, just left and right, and I tell you what, that moment, that is our could be moment, is just as important, it's actually more important than the what was. Amen? We've got to live in the moment. Okay, it's part of the journey. Now God has all of us on different journeys, but he all has us together here for one journey, and so what I want to make sure is we're going after the exact same direction, where we're going. You see, we had pre-COVID, and I guess we could say we're close to a post-COVID world. You remember those days? Remember the what was, you know, the what was? Uh, the days with no masks? You remember those? Yeah? Yeah? Seemed like we all got together, you know, back then, or, or maybe we didn't, but we didn't slam people on social media. You know, we're like, oh, can we just go back to that? All right? Here's some truth that's gone. So if we continue to think of the past, we're going to miss what could be. And so what does God have for us in this moment right now? And that's what I want to unpack this morning. You know, we were planning for two services for a long time. And praise God, we're getting back to that point. We were planning to look for land. We were actually sent a purchase agreement for land acquisition. One of the only things that we vote on in our church. Because we needed to expand. And all of a sudden, there was one Sunday when we got to get back together in July. We had 20 people. And I'm going, dear God, what's happening? I I don't know how to do this because I'm not Joel Osteen online. I'm not an online preacher. That's I, I want to hang with people and be with people. But I can't look back to that. We can't look at what was. We have to look at what is next. What is God calling us to do as a church? What is it? You know, and you might be like, well, let's look at what Eagle Brook's doing. Well, Eagle Brook's doing great things, but we're not Eagle Brook. We're called to our own vision. Are we going to pray for them, support them, honor them? Absolutely. Why would we not? God's blessing them and whatever God blesses, we bless. But now we have to go, what is it that God is bringing us together to do? Because guys, if we're still sucking air as a church, God is not done with us yet. Can I hear good amen from some? Somebody. Okay? So what What if this? Let me just pose a question this morning. Let's dream, can we dream a little bit? Where are my dreamers at? Any dreamers? All right. Where are my dream crushers at? All right. So you might have to nudge those guys. All right. Okay. 
So let's just dream for a moment because here's one of the things that I teach and I coach other pastors on is this. What if we thought about us as a church going, what if we literally had twice as many people coming as we had now? How would we have to operate differently? What would we do? How do we think God-sized dreams? Because if you can do it without God, it's not a God-sized dream. So we have to go, what by faith can we do that God will honor, that we'll get to if we put Him first and we choose to follow Him, but we got to be on the same place, going the same direction. Now maybe, just maybe, and I want to give you a little out here. Maybe you're going, you know what? That's not the direction I see or I want. That's okay sometimes. God shifts because it's not about the bridge church. It's about His church. Amen? 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 It's about His church. Okay, so God honors faith. Now in the Bible, let's jump in here this morning. Let's go to the Old Testament for a little bit. And there's this story, and it's this incredible story. You had Lot and Abraham. They're related, and they show up together. And Lot and Abraham are having this conversation. And they're overlooking two different pieces of land. And so let's say over here, you guys on this side, on the left side, you are uh, Canaan. The beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. And Abraham is scoping it out going, that land looks incredible. And then Lot over here is looking at this other part of the land. And and he's going, this looks incredible. And then there's a mountain over here. So you guys are kind of in the valley. This one's up high. You're in the valley. Sorry. And then he's looking at you, but he's like, this land is luscious. It's beautiful. It's green. It's amazing. And Abraham's going, okay, so, so Lot, you want that land? And Lot's like, yeah, I'll take that. And Abraham's like, okay, I'm going over here. So Abraham goes over here to Canaan, which is the promised land later we read about in Exodus. And then we come over here and we've got Lot. And Lot goes to this, what he thinks is glorious because the land looked luscious. It was green. It was beautiful because this land was growing in the valley. Anybody just want to take a shout on what the name of that land was that Lot went to? Sodom and Gomorrah. It's gorgeous, beautiful. Even to this day, if you look at a map or you Google where it used to be, it's a valley, okay? It's changed a lot since then. But they actually compare this to the Garden of Eden. Everything looked lush. There was just one tiny problem with Sodom and Gomorrah. If you're not familiar with the story, Sodom and Gomorrah was known for some really heavy-duty immorality, some huge sin stuff going on. And basically, what happened was Lot didn't see the internal things of going he saw the external things of why he went. And so he went there based on those things, not the deep things, but the surfacey things. That, oh, this is, look at the land, it's great. And I got to believe Abraham knew that Canaan was a better land. So Lot goes here. God sees what's happening, and God goes, hey, you know what? I'm going to destroy this. Now, Abraham, friend of Lot's relative, Abraham goes, no, 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 God, God, don't do it. If you find somebody righteous there, please don't destroy it. And he barters back and forth with God for a long time, and finally God says, look, I can't. I'm going to destroy the city because of the sin in the city. And so God says, I'm going to destroy it, tells Lot, says, Lot, you need to take your family and get out of here now. Go! And there's one commandment that God gave them. Now, this is actually one of the first Bible stories I ever heard as a kid. I don't know why. It scared the crud out of my dad. But he said, Lot, take your family and go! Get out of the valley, get to high ground, because what I'm about to do, you don't want to be there. I'm going to destroy the city. I'm going to rain down sulfur and fire. Like, just awful judgment. And he does this. Genesis 19.26 Maybe you're familiar with this story. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of what? 
How many be familiar with this story? If not, here it is. This takes place. You might be, what is that talking about? What is it biblically that she turns into a pillar of salt? I mean, it's just a crazy story. Could you imagine? Like, like I don't know about you. I've never disobeyed God in my life. Not one time. <laughs> Ever. Ever. I mean, it's been a few minutes. But yeah, could you imagine, like, the consequence of that? Like, you just turn around, you look back, and all of a sudden you're, you're like a table salt shaker. I'm just, I, I just, I can't even picture that or imagine that. Like, what happened? Well, what's really interesting is you have a lot going on with this wording right here. Looked back. It could either mean she was looking intently. Like, it wasn't just this quick, like, you know, like, over the shoulder. Okay, now I'm on. It was looking back and going, man, it looks really good. I, I kind of miss my old life. I don't care about the sin and stuff that's happening because this is, this is just amazing. I don't care if it's worldly. I don't care if it's fleshly. This is what I want. This is what I want to be a part of. So it could be that she looked intensely. In fact, that's what we get out of the, uh, out of the grammar right here. But then another interesting fact, and we're not going to dive into all the Hebrew stuff, but Hebrew right here could either mean looked back or legged back. In other words, she might have even gone back and said, I'm just going to chill for a while. Like, like, you go, you obey God, but I'll get there eventually. Well, she didn't get there eventually. And so some people say the reason she was salt is because she looked back or went back. And what happens when you burn things? All of a sudden it leaves different minerals and things that come up. We have to learn from the past. They could have learned from their past of going to Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? We learn from the past, but we don't live in the past. Learn from it. Don't live in it. Church versus then versus now. Today, I'll tell you what, in ten and a half years as a church, we have seen some really cool stuff. Haven't we, hon? We, we have seen some really cool stuff. We have seen God's favor in this community like I've never seen. We have people in our town that will literally call us and say, hey, we need help with something. We, we see this favor over and over and over again with, with our school district. And we have a lot of people within our church that are a part of the school district. You know, we have people that uh, were watching online a year ago that aren't today. We have to follow all those things and go, what do we need to do? Well, if we don't have that many people watching online, it's probably because we're most back in person. Person. Amen? Amen? And so now let's focus on that. In other words, in other words, what got us here today won't get us there. Okay? What got them to Sodom and Gomorrah didn't get them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so what we have to do is we have to think, what is it that God's calling us to do? I love, uh, I lo- love fishing. You guys know that. And how, how many remember when you were a kid... And you went somewhere, or you saw something, or you ate something, and you, re- you have this vivid imagination of what it looks like. Like, you can just picture it. You can hold on to it. And then as an adult, or later on in life, you go back to it, and it just looks totally different. That happened to anyone else before? And you're just kind of disappointed. You're like, really? I liked that. You know, for us, it was a public entrance onto a lake up north. And I remember exactly where it was. I got to the public entrance, and it wasn't a public entrance or public ramp to the uh, lake. You know what it was? It was an Amish community, community having homeschooling together. And I'm like, I don't remember this. And so we walked up, and we interrupted their homeschooling. And, and I said, can you tell me how to get to the public landing for this lake? And, and they were super nice. They came out, and, and they, they showed me how to get there. But I'm like, I've never had an experience with an Amish homeschooling family. Today's my first. And so, praise God, enjoyed it. 
it and moved on went fishing. But it looked different than I remember. In fact, thank God for Google Maps. I had to like pull out Google Maps and I'm looking at Google Maps going, I don't remember it being there. I think somebody moved the public access and I looked at past records. Nobody moved it. My memory just changed from what I was thinking of. You, you know, you think of that GPS or, or Google Maps. How do remember MapQuest? Remember when we had to print the map for where we were going? But, all right, for those of you that are older like me, how many remember, okay, not only when we had to print the map, but you remember when we didn't have a GPS? Yeah. You remember those? Weren't those times fun, though? Weren't they fun? Because you had no idea where you were going to end up. You know? Because people like me were stubborn. They didn't stop and ask for directions. They like, let's just go. It's road tripping time. Spontaneous. Let's jump in the car. And we have no idea where we're going to end up. If you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. And so let me just say this last part of this. Okay? We overuse GPS in our cars. Come on. How many have ever used a GPS in your car? How many use it when you're going somewhere you've never been before? You don't know. You're like, I, I just want to know where I'm going. Okay? We overuse GPS in our cars. We underuse it in the church. Because we constantly try to guess, well, let's, let's, just, let's just get there. Let's just enjoy. Let's, let's have church be about us. And, and I don't think church is. I don't think it's about us. I think it's about God utilizing us for those that do not yet know Christ. That's what, that's, there's no better definition of those words right there. That's what we get to be. Not just do, but who we get to be. Okay? So I hope I ingrained that into us, alright? If we focus on what was, we're going to miss out on what could be. So let's unpack what could be. Second is this. This is part of what could be. It's not about us being a great church. It's about serving a great God. Okay? Okay? It ain't about... Look, look at your person next to you and say, It ain't about you, bro or sis. Just tell them. Just tell them really quick. It ain't about you. I mean, I can tell you story upon story of life change in this church. Incredible life change. In fact, a week ago I asked one of a person that used to attend here, I said, can you just call me and tell me your testimony? And he called me and he shared he'd been addicted to drugs, went through Teen Challenge, was in a lot of stuff, and he's actually been free uh, for quite a while now because of us just walking alongside of him, and, but not about us, what God's doing in and through us, okay? Some of the other things that have happened, you talk about the favor that we've had. Uh, this last year, more than I have ever seen in my life, I've had school administrators call us, the church, and just go, hey, can you just pray for me? Like, they've been wrestling, man. It's been a tough year. And, uh, man, if you haven't thanked a teacher or an administrator or a custodian or anybody who works in a school district right now, thank them. What a crazy, crazy year to try to navigate. I can't even imagine. But they call, and they get to pray with them on the phone. You get to be a part of that. We're a part of that. But, here's the deal. Can we agree, by round of applause, that we will give God the credit for it, and we will never take the credit for it? Okay? Never. It's not about us. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. We're going to Old Testament today. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers. Interesting here, they're going back to Canaan now. To Abraham, who was already there. To Isaac and Jacob, to give you a land with large... Ready for this? Here it is. Okay? Alright. Flourishing cities that what? You did not what? You didn't build. Houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide. Wells that... Did they dig them? You did, wells you didn't dig. Vineyards and olive groves, did they plant them? No, that you didn't plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and into the land of slavery. I love this last part right here when he says, don't forget the Lord. Why does he say that? 
because they're successful. God's blessed them. They're prospering in this land. What's happening at this point? What happens when things go well for us? I know for me, when they go well, sometimes it's very easy for me to forget my need for Him. When things are bad, I'm like, God, I need you. I need you. I mean, we never saw online attendance like, like we did last March and April, ever. Because all of a sudden, people are like, this is a pandemic. Everybody thought they were going to die. Everybody thought everything was going to just... So everybody's like, i got to cling to God. Two weeks later, what happened? Online attendance went down. Because all of a sudden, I was like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I think sometimes in our moment of need is when we grasp onto him the most. But what if we do what's said right here, Moses' words, we don't forget the Lord even when it's going well. Okay, from Egypt to the promised land, from pre-COVID to COVID. You know what the Israelites would do? They would set up these little rock towers, I call them, or they would stack rocks on top of them. If you've ever, go, or if you've ever gone up to the North Shore... You've probably seen those up there. What are those? People put them along. They, they think about their gratefulness and their grace and they thank God for that. And they're just going, I'm just going to do this to remind me that when I go back to that point, I'm not focusing on what was, I'm focusing on what could be, but I remember that God was still there on my journey, on my path. Catholic Church does a great job at Easter with this when they have the stations of the cross. Phenomenal because they remember where he was, what he was doing and how he did it and how he went along. You see, the Israelites would do that, but we're called to do that internally. We're called to praise Him with that. Along the journey, we do the same. It might not be a rock tower, but what do we do Sunday morning? What do we do, what do, we do during worship this morning? We, we put our hands together. Made a noise. Okay? We're not... Ted and Kylie and, and Isaac and Lisa, they're up here leading us in worship. We're not clapping for them. We're clapping for God. For what he did. He's unstoppable. He's our king. Okay? He's our champion. He's the one that we're praising. So when we get to an end of a song, it's not a concert. It's a time where we get to honor him and praise him. We're going, God, we thank you. We love you. And so we get excited about him. So we can remember the great things that he does in our life. And then what do we do? We honor him. As a pastor, as a church, as a leader, one of the things that we do to honor him is we pray to him. We go, God, what's the direction you have? What is it that you're sending us to do? And here's real simple this morning. You ready for it? This is, not, this is not like some big fancy thing. I believe God is our direction. I believe God is our direction. And I want to unpack what that means. What that means is this. In other words, if we're following Him, no matter our circumstances, no matter what happens in you personally or us as a church, okay, we are reminded that whole time... That he's good no matter our circumstances. No matter what takes place all the time. His will for our lives and our church, ready, is not based on what we do. We just sang about it. But it's accepting who we are. Who are we? We're just sang about it. We're seated at the right hand of God. We're children of the Most High. When we accept Christ, we come into new covenant with Him. That's yours for the taking. That's your inheritance. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Let me just come back to the circumstances for a moment. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know a lot of you and a lot of us have had really sucky circumstances in the last year and a half. Maybe stuff you've walked through that you're like, I don't even want to share at church yet. That's okay. That's okay. But here's been my prayer during this time. Because I think it's a great opportunity for us to see our need for Him. But here's my, my pastoral worry, if you will. My prayer, and I would ask you to pray this with me. We're asking God to be our direction. We're going to serve Him. We're not going to remember on what was. We're going to focus on what could be. But here it is. My prayer for our community, 
for those that are finally seeking him or maybe you're back together and we haven't seen you in a while and we get to do this together is this. What if we continue to pray that God allows us to see our need for him before we feel our need for him? I don't want to feel my need for him. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to have to walk through because God will allow you to walk through that if it's to get a hold of your heart. So what if we just give him our hearts now before we have to walk through that? Amen. That's what I want. That's what I want. Okay? Third, this is about every person in here. I don't care your age. I don't care your background. I, I want you to serve Christ, but right now, if you're not there, we still have a place for you, and I want to tell you why. You see, we will function as a church without you, but we function better with you. We'll still function. We're still going on. Okay, if COVID didn't stop this church, ain't nothing going to stop this church. Amen? Amen? My wife and I went bowling. I beat her both games, just, yeah, it's besides the point. Um... She did beat me one the other week, and she took a picture of it. <laughs> First time for everything. I won't focus on what was, though. I'll focus on the next time. <laughs> when you bowl, you know, I have five fingers on my right hand. I'm right-handed. And when I go to bowl and, you know, go down, it's pretty easy. It functions well. Now, if I, if I, if I was missing, like, my ring finger, if I was missing a finger, could I still bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I could still do it. I, I'm going to function just fine. Now, I know there's people that do have fingers missing. I've never walked in their shoes. But this is the way God had it originally. And I've got to imagine it's, it's better with all five. This can still function. And I want you to think of it this way. I don't know what part of the body you are, but you're a part. We function better together than we do separate. And so we need everybody to be a part of it, you know? What is what is your part? Maybe, you know, we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's worship ministry, you know? Maybe it's kids ministry. We want you to be a part of things. And, and at the bridge, we're not here to use your gift. We're here to utilize your giftings. We want to put them in place. We want to let them thrive. We want it to be life-giving for you, not life-sucking in any way, shape, or form. 1 Corinthians 12.27, it says this. Now you are the who? All of us. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Most ridiculous statement I've ever heard is when I've heard people say this. They say, I'm looking for a church that fits my needs. That's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. And maybe you said it. You know, maybe I've even said it. But that is not the definition of biblical church. Biblical church goes, we're on mission to be life-giving, to see people come to Christ. We get to go out and do, okay? We're going to be in His presence, but then we get to do. It's not just about us. It's about the, the person that's not in the seat next to you. It's about the person that didn't have a chance to walk through these doors yet this morning. We have to continue to get back to that, the invitation of thinking of that. You know, I think we have to be, rather than, and we see this in America today, I see this as a pastor, and it drives me nuts, is I see what's known as consumer Christianity. You know, well, pastor, I'm not sure that fed me today. Well, feed yourself. <laughs> Ouch, that hurt, Pastor Chris. Good. <laughs> Good. Okay. Wait, but it's my job to help you. 
to learn how to feed yourself and for us to walk alongside that as we go. And guess what? We're all at different places, okay? We're all at different places to do that, but we're to be not consumers, but contributors, okay? Let's not be consumers, but contenders together. We do it together. And I'm not looking for a show. I'm not looking for a show, but rather those that say, hey, it's time to go. Let's do this. Let's do this. You know, in the last couple of years, we are, we are celebrating 10 and a half years as a church. We will be 11 years old as a church in September of this year. Is that crazy? That's crazy. Do you know what that means? We're a fifth grader, yo. We're, a fifth, we're ready to go into puberty. That's, that's a big step, let me tell you. Everybody got their clear cell ready? Some of you are like, what's clear so? In the last ten and a half years, we have put hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars. I don't have the exact amounts between two hundred and three hundred thousand dollars towards other missions and churches to help plant. We have helped launch two churches out of our church, giving them $60,000 saying, go and start a church. One in Chicago, and then just a few weeks ago, four weeks ago, now one month, they're celebrating one month at Revive Church in Forest Lake that we're walking along. I get to coach. We're their parent church. We get to be a part of that. Now, it's not what we're doing in St. Francis even, but guess what? God is doing bigger things than what you and I can even imagine, even in our church in a cornfield in Little Now then. And so so God is not done with us yet. Got two more points real quick. Either take the next step, whatever God's calling you, or help somebody take the next step. You know, I have a pastor of mine, and uh, he's a friend and a coach and a mentor. And I said, what do you do as a pastor? Like, what do you do? How do you get mentored? And he goes, I find the greatest mentor available to me. And he chases them down. And then he says at conferences, at pastor's conferences, he will go and he will look for the most pathetic looking pastor that looks so depressed and down. And he'll say, I'm, I'm mentoring you. Well, I was that guy once. And so... He, he, he said, all right, man, what do you need? And I said, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I've never started a church. I don't know what we're doing. And he's like, let me walk alongside. Let me help you. Let me get other people in place. And now I get to do that. That's the way it is. I'm not there anymore. So where are you at? Are you going, I need to take the next step. Well, the next step for you, maybe maybe it's coming to Pizza Ranch with us today. If it's your first time, we're paying for you. If you've been there before, we ain't paying for you. All right? So talk to my wife if you want to come with. We would love to have you and your kids. We've got a room all reserved at Pizza Ranch. It's pizza. Okay? And you might say, well, is that like bribery to get us there? Of course. <laughs> of course. And so the other part of it is this. Maybe you're going, I'm not ready, or, or you're, uh, you're there. Find a place to serve. Pray. If you haven't given before, ask God what He would have you to do. Start somewhere. Or if you're going, you know what, I'm there. Then look for that person that needs discipleship, that needs somebody to walk alongside and help them in that. Last one is this. Our joy is in the Lord. It's not in the happenings. Okay, so as we go after vision, as we take the next step, as, as we say, hey, we're going to stay on track, we're going to serve Him, we're going to honor Him, we're going to give Him everything, we're going to continue to help plant other churches, we're going to continue to give away money to missionaries, we're going to continue to move forward as if we are twice as big as we are, we're going to continue to do all of that. But what if, in all of that, let's say it goes south and it all falls apart, will we still honor Him? Will we still lift Him up? Will we still keep Him at the center? Will I keep Him at the center? Well, I realize our joy doesn't come from those things that happen that are out of our control, but our joy literally comes from Him. It's the only place it comes from. It doesn't come from a Saturday night hangover. 
It doesn't come from trying to go outside His will. It simply comes from Him. If you want happiness, true, genuine happiness, it's not in fixing circumstances and happiness, happenings. It's realizing who He is. And knowing He's going to meet you right there. James chapter 1 to you. Last scripture I want to share with you. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. How many of you are just like, man, I'm so joy-filled for what I went through last year? That's literally what James is telling us to do. <laughs> I'm really like, I hate James right now. <laughs> he lived it. He watched his friend, his brother Jesus, go through everything, given his life. In fact, James, uh, it's not in the Bible, but if you can read history, James was literally thrown from the top of a building and killed for his faith in Christ. Where is he now? He's with him. We consider that joy. We consider that joy. So take that next step with me, will you? Whatever that next step is. And if you've taken those steps, your next step today might be to help somebody else take that next step. I'm going to do this. I want everybody here in here right now, just go ahead and take out your cell phone. Take out your cell phone. If you, got, if you have a cell phone, if you don't have one, grab your neighbor's. It's okay. Just take it out. If somebody left it on the chair, just use theirs. It's okay. You probably know the drill by now. If not, and you're new here, this is what we just want to do because we want to pray for you. We just want you to text yes. If you say, today's the day that I want to say yes to Jesus. You know, here's James talking about a pure joy in any kind of trial. I don't know what you're facing, but I can tell you right now, doing it with Jesus is way better than without Jesus. I've tried both. One's really stinky and the other's great. Doesn't mean it change your circumstances, but oh dear, Heavenly Father, He will work on your character over and over. So if you want to say yes to Jesus, just text yes. Otherwise, tell us what your next step is. Hey, I want to help here. Or I want to do this. We just want to know. We want to walk alongside. Or maybe you go, you know your next step is to invite a neighbor or a friend or to lead somebody through a sinner's prayer. We want to pray for you to do that, to have those tools. Or maybe, you know, one of the things I've thought about doing is I want to lead a group for those of you that are new to the faith. And we have a lot of people new to the faith. And just just a basic Bible course for a few weeks at the end of service on a Sunday for a while. Going, I would love to be discipled. I love that. I'd come. have to bribe me with food, but I'll come. No, Just write what those next steps are. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that you're in our midst. Thank you that you love us no matter what. God, I pray this morning that nothing would hinder the words that you want to speak to the hearts of every man, every woman, every child in here this morning. Lord, may their circumstances not get in the way of the joy you have set forth in them. Some people in this place this morning need freedom from that. And I pray you give them that as their next step. Some people need to say, I need to step up and serve and be a part of something. Would you give them that? Some people know you've put it on their hearts to reach somebody or or to help somebody or to pray for somebody. Or you have parents that are struggling with their kids. Wherever we're at in this place, God, you see us. And I pray your joy is made complete no matter the trial we're going through. God, may we see you, not our circumstance. May we not see a great location, a great place like Sodom and Gomorrah and say, that's where it's at, that's where i got to go. But rather the focus would be on you. It might not seem like all the bells and whistles. You might not fix everything for us. 
But you gave yourself willingly for us. And so this morning we thank you, we praise you, and we honor you, Jesus. So have your way in our hearts, have your way in us as a church as we continue on being life-giving, as we continue to take this sailboat known as the Bridge Church together and say, let's go after reaching this community. Let's think double the size we are. Let's think of the other communities we can influence. Let's think of the gifts that we have and let nothing hinder it. And so God, we surrender our plan, we surrender the direction, we surrender the vision, we surrender our lives to you this morning. And we pray all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, come on, can we just give him some praise here as we're done today? Come on. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.